Well, good morning, you guys. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, big shout out. Uh, welcome to everybody at our DeMott and Wheatfield location. Glad you guys are joining in with us. It seemed like it was just three days ago that we were celebrating Christmas Eve here, uh, probably because it actually was. Uh, big shout out to everybody who is viewing with us online. We're so glad you guys are joining in. Um, if you would just take a moment and uh, put in the comments where you're actually viewing with us from. Our staff loves to celebrate that. Even if you're just viewing from your couch here in Wheatfield, uh, we'd love to celebrate that. And then a big hello to everybody out there at Hebron. I got to be there last week with you guys. Um, it was amazing. I love what Jesus is doing there. And then last but not least, hey to everybody at our jail campus. I got to do Christmas carols with you this week, and that was amazing. And uh, just so you guys know, a quick reminder, we do have new service time starting next week. So uh, Wheatfield uh, in Wheatfield, DeMott Wheatfield and online, it's going to be um, 8 a.m., 9.20, 10.40, and then 6 p.m. Uh, and then Hebron, your times are going to be at 9 and 10.30, and then um, let me see, Jail, your times are going to stay the same, and I'm just excited to get going. Did everybody have a great Christmas, everybody out here? Yeah? Awesome. I like it. We, um, it, Blair and I, my wife and I, it was our first Christmas with kids. We have um, two foster kids right now. Um, one is five years old, and uh, one is 12 years old, and I, I just thought it was so funny because for, for my whole life, you know, I've always heard people say, well, Zachary, it is just more blessed to give than to receive, and I was like, Karen, I don't know what kind of presents you're getting, but I definitely do not, you know, uh, I do not feel that sentiment. It is blessed to give or it is blessed to receive. I want all the presents, right? Um, but then suddenly something was different this year as we were, um, you know, giving our presents to our kids. And, you know, it was, it was one of their first Christmases with a, a plethora of presents. And, um, you know, as the kids were opening their presents and I was just excited as they were to open their presents because I didn't know what they were getting, right? I just saw the Amazon box come in. Uh, how many of you dads are like that? Yes, yeah, some of your wives are nudging you right now. It's like, wow, we got you that. How much did that cost, honey? That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. Um, but, you know, it, it was great. Uh, our uh, grandma, Wendy, got our five-year-old a uh, Frozen 2 uh, karaoke box, which has just blessed our home so much. Thanks, Grandma. I, 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 keep telling Ava, I keep telling our five-year-old, you got to let it go. Like, come on, I'm about to kick this thing into the unknown. Like, come on, let's, yeah, some of y'all y'all got the same thing too. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it, it, it was great. Our uh, kids, they were opening the presents. And then, like, they, they got more presents than I'm pretty sure they have ever in their life. Um, but always afterwards, there's like this, uh, you know, post-present opening depression that comes in. And they're like, why don't I have more presents? And, you know, we, we had to literally hold our five-year-old and say, no, no, let these, uh, let other people open their presents. Cause she's like, Hey, can I help you open your present? As if they don't know how to open it. It's like grand, grandpa knows how to open his present. Um, it was great. We had to, you know, say like, you need to go take a nap, you know, as the, uh, post Christmas depression was coming on in, but it was, it was truly great. Uh, we had a wonderful, um, Christmas and now we are here at the last service of 2020. Woo. Yeah, I didn't know if we'd make it here for a while. I was like, are we going there? Is Jesus going to come back soon? Are we, are we going to be in heaven, you know, on January 27th? I don't know what's going to happen, but we're here. We are looking forward. And honestly, I've never wanted to leave a year behind as much as I have this one. Any else, anyone else feel me on that? 
Yeah, right? I loved what Pastor John said at Christmas Eve where he was like, we're going to make a national holiday where we burn all of our masks. I was like, yes, come on, amen. Um, But in order to move on, in order to start moving forward into this next year, I just want to start off with a message um, and close this uh, year with a message on how we can take courage going into 2021. So I want to look at our verse today. Uh, We're going to be in Philippians uh, chapter 3. And uh, Paul, um, one of the uh, most famous pastors ever in Christian history, he's writing this letter to the church. Philippi. And, um, and he's telling them some correction, giving them some teachings. And what I love about the Bible is that it isn't just this, you know, made up book that somebody wrote in their basement, right? This is a real man who walked on earth and serving and is serving, is served the real God. And he, uh, before Paul became a Christian, he was somebody who persecuted Christians. He was someone who approved of the stoning and killing of Christians. And literally before his, um, salvation experience, he was literally on his way on the road to Damascus about to go and imprison Christians uh, because they were, you know, teaching things that were against Jewish law. And I love what happened. Uh, Paul became a fully devoted follower of Jesus when he had an experience where he saw Jesus, not little baby Jesus, five pounds, seven ounces, like we just celebrated, you know, a few days ago, 33 year old Jesus who came and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he had a moment that changed his life and he became a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, the amazing thing too, is that he uh, led so many people to Jesus that we see generation after generation from him. And as you look around this room today, I'm sure that there are Christians today who could trace their spiritual lineage all the way back to Paul. And I think that's amazing. He was a real man who followed the real God and came, uh, who came down and lived for 33 years among us. And Paul, he's writing this church to the people, or he's writing this letter to the people in Philippi um, who were getting into some wonky teachings, right? They were taking Christianity and mixing in some other religions, like, oh, here's some Jewish stuff over here. Let, let's bring in some other stuff. Sort of like today, how a lot of people are taking Christianity and bringing in progressive Christianity or just a little bit of Buddhism. And and he says, no, that's not the way. That is not historical or traditional Christianity. He's saying, hey, he gives them some correction. And then he um, followed by some encouragement. And he reminds them that salvation comes only from Jesus and his grace, not from us doing good works or earning it, but only through faith in Jesus Christ. And so um, we're going to be looking at Philippians 3, verses 10 through 14. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn in there or you can open on the YouVersion Bible app, um, but we will always put the words on the screen for you. So uh, here in Philippians uh, 3, it says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus of Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I haven't achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Will you pray with me really quickly? Jesus, we just thank you for your life. We thank you um, for your word. And I just pray, Jesus, you would open our eyes to see your goodness. You would open our ears to hear your truth. And you would open our hearts to um, just receive your teaching today. Um, Jesus, I just pray that everyone here today would, would grow closer to you. We would all take steps forward in our faith as we choose to follow you and choose to go into 2021, hoping and praying that it's not going to be um, like 2020. It's going to be better. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everyone said?
Amen. So I love how this section begins. Uh, I'm, I'm, I want to look really quickly at Philippians uh, 3 verse 10, but I love how this section begins. It's not even part of the message, but I was like, well, this is so good. He, he, Paul here says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Woo! I, I love seeing Paul's passion for Jesus here. I, I want to know Jesus. I, I, want to, I want to know and I want to experience the power of his grace. How many of us started off our journey as Christians with that same thing? in our hearts. I just want to know Jesus, uh, totally engrossed and overwhelmed by his love and power, by his grace, even in desiring to suffer alongside Jesus so that either way we could experience the resurrection from the dead. We could experience eternity with him. I just love seeing Paul's heart here. I want to know Jesus. And in case you were under the impression that Paul was perfect, he goes on to tell us, no, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved it, these things, or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I haven't achieved it. I'm not perfect, but I focus on this one thing. I forget the past and I look forward to what lies ahead. Paul presses on. He keeps looking ahead. He keeps moving because perfection isn't his goal. He he doesn't want to be perfect. He wants Jesus. And then he goes on to say this beautiful line, I forget my past. I I don't look behind me, but I look forward to what lies ahead. If I was in the church at that moment when they were reading this letter, or if I was there when Paul was dictating it or writing it, I would have stood up. I would have been like, amen, come on, preacher, preach it louder for the people in the back. Listen, saints, right? I would have been like, oh, that is so good. Forgetting the past behind us and looking forward to what lies ahead. Woo, it fires me up. It gets me excited going to 2021, looking forward. And then uh, Paul wraps it up nicer than some of our dads wrap the presents this year. Um, and, And he puts a little bow on it. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Paul presses on, he pushes forward. And I think that's something that we need to do as we press on into 2021. And what I wanna do really quickly in this message is take three quick nuggets of truth that we can learn uh, from this message. It's gonna be three points followed by some practical application. um, And so that we can move into this next year. So if you are someone who constantly looks at the rear view mirror behind you, if you are somebody who gets caught up in the present and the here and now and can't look forward to the future that is ahead of you, if you are somebody who finds it hard to forgive or to forgive, get, or you play arguments over and over and over again in your head, you're going to want to lean in. And I want to encourage you to lean in as we look through the windshield of our life, praying and pleading that 2021 is going to be better um, and have less detours and a few less bumps than 2020. So as you can see here on the stage, I have this beautiful windshield up here that my friend Jim Foster uh, made for me. I was like, on Monday, I said, Hey, Jim, can you make me a windshield? He was like, can I just cut it in half? I was like, yeah, just, I, I want a windshield on the stage. And I'm sure some of you are thinking, why is that up there? Is this, is this theologically sound, right? I didn't see uh, cars in the New Testament, but the reason this is all up here is because I want to teach today on the vehicle of our life, how we get where we are going, the vehicle of our life. And um, as we go into this new year, I'm going to look at three essential parts uh, to illustrate how we can get where we want to go in 2021, okay? And so I just want you to take a quick moment and imagine what is the vehicle of your life, okay? You are driving down the road of life. What is the vehicle of your life look like? Are you driving a Lambo, you know, with butterfly doors? I don't even know if they have that. I know nothing about cars. I'm going to be honest with you. Is it, is it a Tesla? You know, um, do you have to stop, you know, every now and then to charge it up? Um, how, how are you driving? Is it, is it just a beater with no AC? Uh, what does the car of the vehicle of your life look like? Uh, and no matter what the vehicle of your life looks like, you have to have a rear view mirror in your car, right? Um, and so there we go. 
actually broke this last service, and they were like, you played it off so well. I was like, yeah, that's, that's why I go to seminary, right? I learn how to play off things. But um, no matter what car you are driving, by state law, you have to have a rear view mirror. We all know that. We all use one. And, but there aren't really that many people of us, there aren't really that many of us who drive down 65 going 70 miles an hour staring at our rear view mirror the whole time, looking primarily at what's happening behind us. But how many of us do that in our life? There was this one time in particular where my eyes were glued on the road behind me. Blair and I just started dating. We were going to one of her uh, family events, right? And, um, and we had to go in separate cars. Man, that is difficult when you're dating, you have to go in separate cars. But we were going in separate cars, right? Because she probably had to leave and go work. And, um, and my eyes were glued on this rear view mirror. I was looking at the, the beautiful blonde behind me. Her hair was just blowing with the AC, looking like one of those uh, shampoo commercials. Tresemme, tresemme, ooh la la. And I was like, ooh, how did I get so lucky to, to get her? Woo, look at her. You know, my, my eyes are glued on this rear view mirror and I am totally engrossed in what is behind me. And, um, and guess what happens? Like as I'm driving, I'm, we're, we're doing little funny things. I'm like, oh, look at me. You know, I'm swerving a little bit, <laughs> playing little games and, you know, like, oh, you know, like, you know, blowing just little kisses through the rear view mirror, hoping that she totally sees it, but she can only see the back of my head as I, as I you know, in retrospect, look back at that. And I just realized how ridiculous I was. But what happens in front of me? The all of traffic comes to a full and complete stop. And what happens as a result? I have to slam on my brakes. You know, my little Prius is like making skid marks. It, the, as I'm braking, it's charging the batteries, you know, a little bit as we're going. And um, I almost get into a rear view, or I almost get into a rear end accident. All because of love, right? No, not because of love, because I was being stupid and because I was being dumb and focused on what was behind me the entire time. My eyes were fixed on the rear view mirror. And how many times do we do that? Our eyes are fixed on the rear view mirror of our life instead of looking ahead to all that God has for us. Instead of staying focused on the road um, into the future, we are looking behind us the whole time. We're stuck staring into the rear view mirror of our life, focusing on when someone said something that hurt us, uh, reliving painful memories, uh, rehashing arguments that you should should have won. And you're literally in your, you're taking your, uh, in your shower shampoo and you're like, oh, I should have said that. I totally would have won that argument right there. Right. How many of us do that? And we're just driving down the, the road of life and the vehicle of our life, looking at the rear view mirror. None of us would drive a vehicle staring at this rear view mirror, but how many of us live our lives like that? Staring down the road behind us, forgetting about what lies ahead and trying not to think about all that is in front of us. As we go into this next year, as we have dreams and goals and aspirations for 2021, I want to start you off with a small truth that had some big meaning in my life. There is a reason your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. Okay, there's a reason that the windshield of your life is bigger than your rearview mirror. And all of us know that that's pretty simple. You're probably thinking, okay, Zachary, I get that. You know, I, I can obviously, I see size comparison. I don't need to go to seminary to realize that, right? But how many of us don't actually listen? How many of us know that, you know, hey, my future before me is bigger than my past, but we are, are all so caught up with what was behind us. In this illustration, the rearview mirror, it's our past and where we have been. And I want to look at these two ob items. Obviously, the rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield, right? Uh, I, did, I did math, right? You know, I, I got out my calcul calculator and was like, okay, how many rearview mirrors would it take to make uh, an entire windshield? And, you know, roughly it's about 1 30th, okay? The rearview mirror is 1 30th the size of the windshield. And I think that's actually pretty, uh, pretty uh, good and apt a comparison. 
comparison for how often we should look back at our lives. For about every 30 seconds of our life, we should spend about one second just glancing behind us. And that makes sense. But how many of us spend almost half of our time looking in the rearview mirror? What happens when you look too much to the past? I mean, you're going to harm your present and hurt your future. And you say, oh no, Zachary, it is okay. It's okay for me to just always look at the past as I am laying awake at night, trying to go to sleep. I'm just reliving those memories. And it's like, have you seen your driving record? You are swerving into other people's lanes. You're almost getting into, uh, you know, uh, front accidents. What are they called? I have it written down. Um, Swerving everywhere, getting into oncoming traffic. There you go. Uh, Not staying in your lane, about to rear end somebody. And your present and your future are taking a toll because you are too fixated on the past because you're looking primarily at the rear view mirror. Paul tells us in verse 12, in order to continue our lives in pursuit of Jesus, we have to press on. He says, oh, go back. There we go. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first perfected me or first possessed me. When we are pressing on our life, when you are moving forward and pushing on the gas pedal, moving forward truly, focus on all that God has for you. Paul, the most famous pastor, he's reminding us that in our life, there might have been hard times. There might've been traumatic years. There might've been years where you feel personally victimized, or there might've been someone who's really hard to get along with, a time where you had struggles and pain. And can you just stay fixated on that? Can you just stay fixated on the past looking at the rear view mirror? Paul looks at the church in Philippi and he says, press on. Stop looking behind. Look ahead. Keep pursuing Jesus and moving forward. Don't give up or give in. He says, don't you realize that your rear view mirror is smaller than your windshield? Why? Because in our life, you are only meant to glance at the past, not to stay there. Out of, out of the time in your life, spend one second out of 30 seconds glancing at your past, learning, learning from it, allowing it to help guide you and continuing to press on. Paul actually tells us that in order to do this, he says, forget your past. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I haven't achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. And now what Paul is doing, he's not saying, hey, I want you to get spiritual amnesia. I want you to get some dementia there. He's not saying, hey, just forget everything that, that is in your past. What it, the word there means, the Greek word, it means to properly overlook. Properly overlook it in your life. I'm not advocating for spiritual dementia, but how many of us are driving down the road of our life, uh, looking at our rear view mirror with our eyes fixed and stuck on the road behind us, about to rear in somebody, swerving all about where you could just learn properly to overlook your past and look at it appropriately. Paul clearly references his past at many times in the Bible. He says, this is who I was, but it's not who I am. My sin, my failures, those things don't define me. It's the grace of God that defines who I am and who I will be. Paul says, forget your past and look forward. I really want to encourage you to take an inventory of your life. What is a healthy rule of thumb? For me, I glance at the rear view mirror and I think based on my past experiences, what decision should I make that is going to benefit my future? I don't stay fixated. I don't uh, just play it over and over and over again in my head. And I don't pretend like it never happened. I glance back realizing that my rear view mirror is smaller than my windshield and my past has passed. My future is before me. 
So as we look at the vehicle of our life, we've looked at our past and, uh, and we realize that, you know, our rearview mirror is smaller than our windshield. We should go ahead and we should glance at it. But the other thing, a big thing within the vehicle of our life is the interior. And a lot of you guys um, is the interior. There we go. A lot of you guys, you have, uh, there are really two spectrums on the interior of your car. Some of you, you know, you have a nice little trash can in there. It's really clean and you, you line it with, you know, a nice grocery bag and you throw away your trash. Others of us, we don't know what the floorboard of our car looks like because, you know, it's just covered. And, you know, that, that's me in my life. I, I don't like, I think I saw the floorboard when I first bought the car, but I don't even know what color it is anymore, right? Um, the, my, your, for some of us, our car, it never has any Taco Bell bags in there, right? It never has any uh, Taco Bell cups in there because for some reason you have grasped the concept that when you get home, you can take your trash inside with you and throw it away in the trash can. For me, I'm, you know, 31 years old. I still haven't grasped that, please pray for me. Uh, but you know, that's, that's something that's difficult for me. And, um, looking at the interior of our car, I want to talk about my friend Aaliyah really quickly. This is Aaliyah. She's our uh, impressions director here at first church. She oversees care and makes sure that our uh, youth ministry next gen is rocking it every week. You've probably gotten a card from her. Um, Aaliyah is amazing. We love her, but I'm going to be honest with you. Aaliyah is a terrible driver. Terrible, okay? Um, not the worst driver ever, Aaliyah, uh, but she, she's a, a terrible driver. And let me tell you why. She is a clean freak. Literally, as she is driving down the road, she pulls out this dust rag and is like, oh my goodness, I see a spot. I see a smudge. She is driving down the road and detailing her car. I'm pretty sure that her car is cleaner today than it was when she actually bought it from the dealership. There is never any junk in her car. She is so fixated on keeping her car clean that she pulls out this, this rag and always cleans it. It's crazy, right? She's focused on the present so much on the interior of her car, the here and the now. Now. And it's like, Aaliyah, yes, you have the cleanest car I've ever seen. I would literally eat food off of the seats. It is so clean. But you have to look out the window. Everybody on staff knows that if you're about to drive in the car with Aaliyah, you need to take some Dramamine because she's not driving smoothly. You're going you're gonna to get car sick or even seasick really badly because, um, you know, she's focusing on keeping that car clean. And I mean, I do this too. I focus on the, uh, the present way too much. Blair always tells me not to buy clothes. But sometimes I'm just so invested in the here and now. And I'm like, well, honey, I got to preach. I got, I got to get a new, you know, blue corduroy jacket. Come on. And, um, and I just think, you know what? If I just buy another pair of pants, I'm going to be happy. It's going to fulfill fill me. And what do I have to show for it? Literally a mountain of pants in our closet that if it, there were to be an avalanche, I'm pretty sure it would cover up our five-year-old daughter and she would not be able to get out. We wouldn't be able to find her for a week. My Enneagram type seven can't seem to look at the future sometimes past my own momentary wants and uh, desires. And Blair's like, Zachary, you have so many clothes. We should just give some of them away. And I'm like, well, what if they come back in style? You know, like, yeah, it's not in style right now, but what if it comes back in five years? She's like, Zachary, it is not going to come back in style. I'm like, honey, you're wearing bell-bottom jeans today. Don't tell me it doesn't come back in style, right? There's sometimes where I am just ridiculous. I focus on the present way too much. And how many of us are like that? We focus on the interior way too much. We live only for the present and we care only about the here and now. YOLO, right? And here's the thing, focusing on the present, the interior of your car, it isn't where the majority of our focus should be. So many of us, we try to make the present the best that it can be instead of looking out the windshield of our life to see the future and all that it has. How many of us in this room are focusing on trying to make our here and now the best that it will ever be? How many of us are trying to stock up treasures in this earth, something that is going to be here today and gone tomorrow instead of investing into eternity? 
One day, this is all going to be gone and not matter anymore. What are you doing to make the future the best that it can be? And I know some of y'all are in this room and you are thinking that you've got it good. You're like, oh, look at Zachary. He is just ragging on the people who have clean, clean cars. I'm coming for y'all other people, okay? Just wait for it, right? Uh, that is literally me. I don't, I don't remember what the floorboard looks like in my car. It takes me an hour and a half to clean my car because I only do it about once a year. Um, and I've literally thought to myself, it would be so much easier to clean my car if I could just take it, up, uh, take it, uh, pick it up and just shake it out and shake everything out of there because I'm pretty sure I don't actually need anything other than the aux cord in there. It's so full of junk. But I've thought it would be, um, and some of us, we have our present like that. We aren't focusing on keeping it clean. While Aaliyah is way too focused on the interior of our car and, and the present, some of us aren't focused on the present at all. For some of us, the interior of our lives aren't focused on the presence. And there has to be this balance between all three. As we glance at our past, we focus appropriately on our present and we live with our future in mind. The most successful people that I know, they use their past and they force their present to serve their future. And that's the key to Paul's success and so many others. They look at their future and they use the vehicle of their life to get where they want to go. They realize that the present isn't what it's all about. It isn't just about enjoying yourself, but it is about preparing a way for the best future that there is or can be. Not spending our time focused on the interior of the vehicle or staring at the rearview mirror, but truly living with our future in mind. The last part of the vehicle that I want to focus on is the windshield. And uh, I went ahead and cleaned this windshield all, uh, you know, Blair and I took some time last night and cleaned this windshield. But in our verse today, Paul tells us to forget the past. And then he says this wonderful thing. He says, uh, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. He says, I forget the past, right? I don't look at my rearview mirror. I'm not focused on the interior, but I look forward. I look out of the windshield of my life to what lies ahead. For so many of us, the problem in our lives is that we aren't looking out the front windshield. We aren't thinking about the future. I mean, there's some of us who are thinking about our 80th birthday party. And we're like, this is what I want it to look like, but you're not thinking about eternity. There's some of you who are just thinking about today, but you're not thinking about your life tomorrow. Take a moment, look ahead, look out the windshield, look out, uh, look at the end of the race and think about the heavenly prize that Jesus has for you. How many of us are driving the vehicle of our life and not paying attention at all to where we are going? We are texting and driving, looking at the rear view mirror. We are thinking about our own needs right here and right now, thinking only about the present or the past instead of focusing on the future. Paul here says, I look forward. I press on. He reminds us that the true meaning of life, it is to glorify God and help others too as well, to, to go towards the end of the race, eternity with him. And how do we do these things? How do we look forward out of the windshield of our life? We remind ourselves of eternity. We remind ourselves that something doesn't come from nothing, that intelligent design doesn't come from no intelligence, that if there was a big bang, then there had to be someone who provided the hydrogen and the oxygen in order to create that big bang. So being, uh, being logical, non-superstitious people. We believe in a divine creator. We believe in God. And if we believe in God and have chosen to make Jesus our leader and forgiver, we have a future before us and we should be focused on the windshield of our life, looking to the glorious future that God has for us. Remember, this life isn't all that there is. There's going to be a day when the vehicle of our life is scrapped up into Paul's auto yard. There's going to be a day where the interior of our life and the rearview mirror do not matter. It's only going to be the future ahead of us. It's not going to matter about what your car looked like or what the arguments you won in the past, what things we had. There's going to be a day when we meet our creator and see him face to face. 
And that is how we look ahead. That is how we look out the windshield of our life. And we remember that only, only the grace of Jesus, by that we can have eternity with God in heaven. It's the windshield that helps us to look forward into the future and all that God has for us. How is Paul able to say, hey, forget the past, uh, properly overlook the past and look ahead? Because he knew that he was forgiven of all of his sins and failures. Paul knew that by his faith in Jesus Christ, that Jesus had radically forgiven him. And that forgiveness, that future is available to you and to me. And it's something we can look forward to through the windshield of our life. That's why our windshield is bigger than our rearview mirror because our future with Jesus is so much bigger than our present. Our future with Jesus is so much bigger than our past, the eternity that we get to spend with him. Through the forgiveness that Jesus bought for us on the cross, we have forgiveness of all our sins and the promise of eternity with God. There is more for you, but you have to look forward out of the windshield of your life. And that's hard to realize. It's hard to live like that at first. There are times, even now in my life, where my past replays and I replay arguments or I replay uh, traumatic experiences that happen or I take my focus off the future and look only at the here and the now. But I remind myself that I have a future with Jesus, that all of my sins are wiped away and it helps me not to get distracted with the here and now or, or my past failures and One verse in particular that helps me to remember the future that I have with Jesus outside of my windshield, ahead of me, is one that I'm pretty sure Paul had most likely read. Uh, Being a a scholar of the Old Testament, being someone who had uh, memorized a lot, a large chunk of it by the time he was 13, I'm pretty sure Paul read Psalm 103 at one time in his life. And the moment that he met Jesus, it came alive to him. It snapped and he realized truly about the Savior and about how he can look forward. Psalm 103, it says, for his unfailing love towards those who fear him. It's as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. God has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. That's how Paul's able to say, I forget my past because if my Savior, if my God, the creator of the universe can forgive my past and give me a future, then I can look forward out of the windshield of my life. I can properly look past it. I can uh, look forward into the future because my future with Jesus is so much bigger than my past. And that past, it's been wiped clean. Paul knew that all of his sins had had been removed, thrown into the wind. And that's how he was able to fix his eyes on the road in front of him, looking through the windshield of his life. So with that, with this verse in mind, with that reminder, we can truly forget our past, overlook it, not allow it to define who we are. The rearview mirror, it's still there for us to glance at and learn uh, and take wisdom from our past experiences. The interior of our vehicle is still present in the presence uh, for us to get where we are going. But there is a reason that our windshield is bigger than our rearview mirror because there's so much more ahead of us. Even on the other side of this life, there's eternity waiting for us because with Jesus, there's always more. So with all of that said, looking at the rear, looking at the interior of our vehicle and the rear view mirror and the windshield, how can we stay focused on what is ahead of us? I just want to take three quick practical applications. You can write them on your notes or, or something, but I want to encourage you to do one or maybe all three of these. And the first one is to read your Bible. Man, each day, this is the thing that helps me to wake up and helps me to realign my eyes on what is ahead of me. It reminds me of the forgiveness that Jesus bought for me. It reminds me of the future that I have, the eternity that I have with my Savior. And it comes through me opening my Bible every day and reading it. 
daily the verses in the Bible, they remind me to look forward and to press on. And I just want to encourage you, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, it's, it's on your iPhone and your Androids. I want to ask you, will you start this Bible reading plan with me? New year, new hope. Uh, on January 1st, I want to see it going through the feed. You can take a picture of it up here. But let's start this Bible reading plan, uh, reminding ourselves to look forward into the future that Jesus has for us. Let's start this year in the word of God. The second way that you can be reminded to, uh, uh, that you can be reminded to look out the windshield is to engage with the church. Start getting involved, get involved with the church, come back to the church. I know some of you are like, Zachary, I am just too busy. Will you have time for what you make time for? When I started volunteering, when I started serving, when I started uh, truly becoming part of a life group, that is when my life changed. I had people beside me saying, look forward, look out of the windshield. I, had, uh, I was volunteering with people who were coming beside me and helping me not to get distracted with the rear view mirror or the interior, but helping me to look forward. I wanna ask you, what are, what are you waiting for? Start serving this year, join a life group, take the next step class that is going on in January, but begin with engaging with the church so that you can have people beside you helping you to look forward. And it's, it's really easy. All you have to do is take this connect card. You can click one of these boxes there that says, I'd like to join a life group or I would like to get involved. But take a moment to check that and our staff would love to connect with you. We'd love to talk with you about how you can get connected. And the last one is a big one. If you haven't done it yet, I wanna encourage you to go all in with Jesus. That, ex that grace that Paul talked about where he said, all of my sins, all of my failures have been wiped clean. Uh, they have been uh, spread as far as the east is from the west. That isn't just for the holy people. That isn't just for the people who were born going to church. That isn't just for people who memorize every Bible verse. It is for you if you choose to follow Jesus and say, I I'm, I'm in. I wanna go all in with Jesus and it's, it's simple. You can bring out your phone if you're viewing with us online or at Hebron or here at our DeMont Wefield location, just text I'm in to 474747. And one of our staff members would love to talk with you. We'd love to connect with you and help you to go all in with Jesus. And if you're at our jail campus, I would love for you to talk to one of our staff members and say, you know what? I'm ready to go all in. I wanna start 2021 with my eyes focused on the windshield, focused on the future. Let's look forward into 2021, ready to take on this year, knowing that God is on our side, pressing on to reach the end of the race that God has for us. Recently with this pandemic, I know so many people who have been impacted by it, not in a financial sense, but in a spiritual. There are people who stopped attending church. There are people who stopped moving forward in their faith. They went back to the things that were on replay in the rearview mirror behind them. Some people have forgotten the true point of our faith that God came down from heaven, lived a perfect life so that we could know him. God, the creator of the universe, came down, was born as a baby, lived a perfect life on this earth, not so that he could point, at a, point finger at us and say, this is where you've messed up, but so that we could know him. And like Paul said, I want to know Christ. I just want to know Jesus and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. How many of you started off your, your faith journey with that? How many of you started off and you were like, I just, I want to know Jesus. I want to know him. And I just want to know the grace, the power that raised him from the dead. I want to ask you to come back to church. I want to ask you to re-engage, open your Bible again, go back to the life group that brought you so much life before, start volunteering and serving again. Because with Jesus, there is always more for us. We just have to press on as we pursue him and the heavenly prize that he has for us. Just wanting to know him wanting to experience the grace and the power. As you go into 2021, I encourage you to look ahead out of the windshield of your life. There's more in this life and there's more in eternity for you. So let's live with our eyes looking forward. 
Don't look at this year and the dumpster fire that it might have been. But let's focus our eyes, not even on this earth, not even on what this next year can bring, but let's lift our eyes up to eternity and focus our eyes on heaven, seeking to know God more and to be known by him. Instead, let's look forward as we pursue Jesus with that same cry on our hearts. I just want to know Jesus. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you that you are not far away, that you are not high above, but you are right here with us. You are closer to us than our, even our very own breath. And Jesus, we need you. We want to know you. We want to experience the same power that raised you from the dead in our life. There's so many of us who, who are dying right now who, who are spiritually fatigued, and we need your presence. We want to know you, Jesus. We want to experience you. And Jesus, I just pray for those who are choosing to go all in. I pray that Jesus, that they would start their journey and that they would end it one day when, when our eyes close and they open up at the gloriousness of heaven and we get to see you face to face. Jesus, I just pray as we go into 2021 that this would be our best year yet, not because of the outer circumstances, not because of what's going on around us or masks or no masks, but because we know that your presence, your Holy Spirit lives inside of us and that you go before us, always preparing a way for us. I just thank you for your grace. I thank you for your love. And I thank you for what you are doing here in DeMott, Wheatfield, all throughout the nation, and in Hebron, and at our jail campus. And Jesus, we just pray that 2021 would be a year where we relentlessly pursue you and eternity. It's in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus we pray. And everyone said, amen. Will you stand with us as our band leads us in one more song of worship?